Welcome to Ennisbrook Church. We hope this message from our sex and location pastor, Jared Lieberzeit, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at ennisbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Hey, uh, well, uh, listen, it's uh, so good to be here. Everyone doing good? Happy April to everybody. Happy April Fool's Day for yesterday. Did anyone experience any pranks? No, not really. I saw a Kateri Beach put up an ad about McDonald's being started in Kateri. Did anyone see that? Yeah, that's uh, very believable. My children pranked me. It was a really cool prank. This is the only real experience I had of um, April Fool's. I was walking through uh, the front door of our house. And as I walked through and just opened up the door, the door slammed back in my face, in fact, onto my toes, onto my feet, and they're kind of a little bit bruised up because Brioni, our, our eight-year-old, just ran at full speed towards the door and just slammed the door shut on me. Just said, April Fools. <laughs> I was like, oh. She's, uh, she's now looking for a new home to live in, so. <laughs> no. Um, my name is Jared Liebesite, and it is an absolute privilege to share today, and it is always a privilege to be able to have an opportunity to share the Word of God. I believe that this morning that God wants to speak to some people, that God is obviously already here in this place. He's moving and He's already working. Uh, but today God has, I believe, a message for you. And that might be you sitting next to someone or by yourself, or you might have come with certain perceptions of what church is like. Uh, God sees you, God knows you, man, He loves you so much and He wants to share something with you today, uh, which is gonna be very cool. We're talking about being disciples and making disciples and we uh, launched at Vision Sunday, I think around about three weeks ago, uh, that we are still following Jesus and as a part of that, in this season right now, we're focusing on what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, unpacking discipleship. Last week, we heard from Pastor Brent that uh, Christ is in us, that following Jesus is not about trying to figure out where Jesus is or where He might be trying to, to take us as if He is somewhere out there, but that actually in reality, He is within us. You may also remember He tried to scull a cup of water and had regrets. <laughs> regrets. Um, that when you give your life to Jesus, He makes His home in you. We have access to His presence all the time. He is always with us. And I want to share this morning about being a disciple, which is the theme, and about the grace that God offers us on this journey. I want to share a grace-filled message. And what I think is one of the best ways to live out a life of discipleship. In fact, I want to share uh, from a specific story and kind of unpack a little bit of uh, the scripture this morning, a, uh, a story from the Bible, which is a very great place for us to start. A story that teaches us, I believe, a lot. This is Mark 10, verse 17 through to 27, okay? It's titled, The Rich and the Kingdom of God. This is what it says. It says, as Jesus started on His way, a man ran up to Him and fell on his knees before Him. Good teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. For no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, you shall not defraud and you should honour your father and your mother. Teacher, he declared, all of these things I have kept since I was a boy. 
Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything that you have and give to the poor and you will have a treasure in heaven. Then you can come follow me. At this, the scripture says, the man's face fell and he went away sad. He went away sad because he had great wealth. It's the answer to the age old question, can you buy happiness with money? The scripture tells us in truth that you walk away sad even when, we, when you have great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? The disciples, sorry, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier, in fact, for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and they said to each other, who then can be saved? At this point, they're freaking out. Like, oh, this is definitely tricky. I don't know if I've ever managed to get a camel through the eye of a needle. (laughs) It sounds a little bit impossible. And of course, Jesus, understanding their fears, their worries, and maybe a little bit of anxiety that what Jesus is saying is causing, he looks at them and he says, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. All things are possible with God. And this, this is an incredible story. This story is about, just to be clear from the outset, it's about our salvation in Jesus, yep. right? This man, this rich young ruler, he comes to Jesus and is in search of eternal life. Yep. He's, he's looking for an answer or like some sort of, some like quick tip on how to get eternal life. At that point in time, he, he may not even understand the concept or the idea of what that actually looks like. He's just heard about this guy, Jesus, that he might be the Messiah. And he's thinking, well, I gotta ask this guy, what's the secret recipe? 11 spices and herbs. He's wondering, what is, what's, this, what's the secret to gain this eternal life? And then Jesus takes him on this conversation and it's a bit of a roller coaster. He starts off by saying, why do you call me good? Only God is good, Right? And the guy's like, amen, brother. Then he goes and he starts to list off six of the 10 commandments. And these six commandments are all commandments that have to do with how you would interact with people. Do not murder, do not not commit adultery, do not lie, do not steal. And how you would actually engage in relationship with others. And this guy is thinking, I'm sorted, I'm in. I've ticked all of those off. I've actually kept those commandments since I was just a child. And then Jesus shuts him down, stops him in his tracks with this whole thing of go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Then you'll have treasure stored up in heaven. Then you can follow me. Story ends, the man walks away sad because he had great wealth. And uh, I don't know about you, but I have, I have in reading my Bible, never, haven't really discovered too many times when people walk away from an encounter with Jesus feeling sad. It's not too many times. People get come and, and, and they, they meet Jesus and he, he heals them and he, he may set them free and he opens the blind eyes and he, he welcomes them into the kingdom of God and he would call them to be his disciples and say, come follow me. And they would and, and they would have these incredible moments. But for this man, something went wrong. Something, something went wrong. And I, I think what went wrong for this man is he, he is, uh, he's focused on 
what he can do, not what Jesus can do for him. In fact, this man's sadness comes because he wants something that is impossible, eternal life, but he wants it on his terms. He wants it his way. See, he thinks he's good enough. He hears the list of the commandments and his response is, I've done it. I've got it sorted. This is awesome. He claims to have kept, kept these commandments thinking like, you know, wow, I'm amazing. He's successful. He has wealth. He would have probably been a well-respected man in the community at that time. But even with all that he had going for him, one thing was working against him. And it's all that he really cared about was what he was able to do. He was so focused on what he could do that he missed what Jesus could do for him. He wasn't willing to let go of what he had in order to receive what Jesus had for him. And if you or I are attempting or we are following Jesus. And if we are, our goal is to be His disciple. And if we are only ever doing it through our own efforts, we will always fall short. If it's always about what we can do, we will always miss the mark on what it really means and looks like to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And that might sound like bad news. Like, oh man, that sounds tricky. But it's actually really, really good news for us. It's amazing news for us because being a disciple of Jesus requires a handing over of your works-based life and receiving the gift of grace that is waiting for you. If only the rich man could give up his ways for Jesus' ways. Imagine what might have happened in his life. Just imagine. To illustrate it, I want to tell you about a, a fond memory I have of... Uh, a boating experience. Okay, this is, this is a great story. My parents, they, uh, they own a boat. Some of you may have seen this boat or been on this boat. It's a great boat. We've had a lot of incredible adventures on it over the years that they've owned it. And uh, it's, it's known for catching ridiculous amounts of fish and hitting some logs on the way to catching those fish, okay? It's, it's, it's a bit of a big boat. It's a, it's a beast, okay? I will never forget, though, the first time we took it out. Some of you may know this story. I think it may have even been shared. And I actually did ask again for permission to share this story, just out of uh, respect and in case someone feels a little bit embarrassed or feelings are hurt. But we decided to go for a family cruise on this boat one, one afternoon. And uh, we thought what we would do is we'd go out and have some dinner in the Nelson Harbour. Great place to go and hang out. And uh, we thought we would also invite some of our family friends, right? So we kind of, we made a thing of it. Like this, this is just like, this became a little bit of an event for our family. And all was going good. All was sweet. We're out cruising and, and I don't know what we're eating, probably like fish and chips or something like that. Just the usual. And, uh, and everything was all good until we decided it was time to go home, Okay. So it came time, it was kind of getting a little bit dark. In fact, it was also just a little bit windy. Uh, but we thought, okay, it's time to pack it in. Let's, let's head back home. And so we start heading back. And we realised very quickly that we had missed out a step in taking this boat out. This boat belongs in a berth in the Nelson Marina. And the step that we had missed was how to actually park the boat back in its berth. Okay. Something we realised very quickly is that we hadn't rehearsed it enough or at all. <laughs> it was our first time out in the boat. And uh, I just remember this moment of time when my, my father was driving the boat and he's trying to get it into the berth that, where, where it would park. And uh, there was wind kind of blowing it around and he was like coming in too hot, too fast or coming in a little bit sideways. Had to retry it over and over again. Eventually my mum, she jumps off the boat and is kind of on the jetty or on the walkway of the berth beside it, trying to like 
catch the boat. She's got, she's got like the ropes that are tied to the, to, the, um, to the actual walkway, ready to go to tie them onto the cleats of the boat. Like it's just, it's all go. And I was just sitting there just watching, you know, like just, in, just enjoying the moment. It was just, it was, it was beautiful. Anyways, um, dad finally gets close enough, right? He brings the boat in nicely and it's kind of just slowly moving in. Mum's there with the ropes and she's ready to go. Then out of nowhere, this big gust of wind comes and just shifts the boat so quickly away from where, say this is the edge of the walkway and this is the, the berth. It so quickly just disappears away from her and uh, it's moving towards the other side of a berth where another yacht is parked, right? As it's moving away in an attempt to heroically save the situation and probably just a natural instinct, my mum just reaches out and grabs the railings of the boat. She just grabs it and I was like watching like, yeah, this, this is awesome. She, she grabs it. And as she grabs it, she's trying to pull it back in, right? And I'm like, yeah, you got it, girl. You go, girl. As she's pulling it back in, the wind keeps pushing. And this is a big boat, right? Like once it gets going, it gets a lot of momentum. So it just keeps going. And she just keeps on holding on until eventually she falls face first into the marina, fully dressed in her clothes and ends up swimming between the boat and the walkway, like motor's still running. She's screaming. I was like, I don't really know what to say. Dad was probably laughing, you know, like it's just out there. And uh, my mom is, uh, you know, she's, she's not a weakling, right? No one says weakling anymore. That's a weird, she's not weak. And I, I can remember like from a child from, from the smacking. Um, it's true, lots of it. They called it the fish slice, which I don't know, it's a spatula. That's what they use. But anyways, uh, But there is no way with all her strength that she would have ever been able to stop this launch from crashing into this yacht. (laughs) There's just no way, too hard, just would never have worked out. And this story is a great illustration, I believe, of what we can treat our journey of faith like or our discipleship or being a disciple of Jesus like. like I reckon I can work my way into being a disciple of Jesus if I just work hard enough or if I just figure out how to be good enough or if I tick off these 10 commandments, maybe I'll make it work. I want to share today that doing good things out of my own works-based ability, which is our human nature, does not and will never and can never qualify me for this thing called life in Christ. In fact, this is a great point if you want to write down some points. The kingdom of God is not about doing good. It is about knowing the one who is good. It's about being in relationship with the one who is good. When Jesus says that there is only one who can be good and that is God, He was absolutely correct. He was also saying, Do you, are you saying that I, am God? Are you saying that that's, that's who, who I am? And the truth is, is that for us today, we should not ever strive to do good things. We should just acknowledge who Jesus is in our life. He is God and He is good. The Psalms say that He is good and He does good things. It's in His nature. It's in His character. It's who our amazing God is. The Bible teaches us that people receive the gift of eternal life through faith in Jesus. That's how we receive it. It also says that our good works have nothing to do with receiving this gift. Ephesians 2 verse 8 to 9 
says, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And it is not from yourselves, but it is in fact the gift of God. (laughs) Not by works so that no one can boast. Grace of God, the grace of God saves us. It is a gift from God to be received. It's received how? Through faith, through believing in the name of Jesus Christ. There's some people here today, maybe you haven't yet made that decision to commit your life to Him, to say, I believe in Jesus. We will give you an opportunity at the end of the service to do that. But it's on the table for us today to receive this salvation. It was on the table for this rich young ruler. And where this young rich man went wrong was in his heart. He decided he would rather have a wealth on earth that he can boast about rather than a wealth in heaven that he had nothing to do with. The Scripture says that this salvation comes not by works so that no one can boast, so that we can't claim it was all our doing. This guy, this, this man, he's not able to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, rich people, Jesus says, aren't able to enter the kingdom of God because they potentially believe that they are worth the kingdom of God that he's entitled to it, that he has this entitlement and a little bit of pride. Entitlement and pride will always be a blocker in living a kingdom life. James 4 says that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Another translation says that God resists. There's, There's this form of resistance when there's someone who has pride in their life. James goes on to say, that we're to humble ourselves before the Lord and that He will exalt us, that He will lift us up. If you humble yourself before God, He will lift you up. Jesus wants His disciples to be humble in their approach. The Scripture says, humble themselves before not others, not before family, not before our friends or our amazing church family, but to humble ourselves, in fact, before God, before God, not before others. Creating a scene like this rich man does about how humble you are isn't true humility. (laughs) It's a deep thought. Uh, Creating a scene about how humble you are is not true humility. Don't, let's not be like this rich young man who runs to Jesus. He, He runs to Jesus in this, what we would assume is a very crowded space. There's a lot of, lots of people around. He then gets down on his knees. And I just kind of imagine that as he's doing this, as he's running, and then he's getting down on his knees at the feet of Jesus, that he kind of has one eye open just to see who's looking, to see if there's people who are, who are paying attention to maybe what he is doing, to, what, to the action that he is, he is making in this moment. See, in the context of the day, even for a man like this to be running just should not, should not be happening. It's, it's kind of deemed as inappropriate, a little bit embarrassing for him. It's for him to do this, is to throw off any sort of, of dignity. It's kind, of, it's kind of out there. And I wanted just to share that point so that we can all kind of draw attention to the idea that we should never just look humble in what we feel like are the right moments or on a Sunday or in connect group or when we have people around us but in the moments when you're behind closed door, when there's no one else in the room, where it's just you and God, 
that is the place where we should be running to Jesus. That's the humility that he so deeply searches for and seeks is someone who doesn't need the attention, but is someone who is just willing to run to the feet of Jesus in the moments where it's the quiet and it's just you. The Scripture says, humble yourself before God. Let's make it our first priority. It's just about Him. Amen. It's just about, it's just about getting down on our knees in front of Jesus. That's that's it. We must be a people who are on our knees, not as an act of getting attention, but as a representation of a heart that is fully surrendered, a heart that is fully handed over to Him. Jesus was willing for this rich man to be saved. He was. And He, in fact, even told him the way for him to be saved. He gave him the instructions Here's one good thing that he could have done. Here's one more thing that he could have done. He could go and sell his possessions and give them to the poor and then he'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me, Jesus says. Jesus gave this young man great investment advice to stop investing in the world and to invest in a kingdom heaven treasure, a treasure in heaven, to lay up a treasure in heaven. But this selling of all that he owned and the donation to the poor wasn't just another good work. Okay, we have to understand this is not just another thing for him to do. And this is really what I want to share today. See, if he had been willing to give away what he had, it would have been a sign, not that he was just generous. I feel like Jesus could have said, hey, if you really want to, want to find eternal life, go and sell what you have and then give towards my ministry, help fund the ministry. It wasn't about that. It was about seeing where this man's heart was at. It was about seeing where, where his, his surrendered heart actually, actually might have been. If he had given it all away, it would have been a sign that he was in fact willing to surrender his all to gain a life in Christ, to give up what he had and trade it for a, a life in Jesus. I think one of the best ways for us today to live out in a life of discipleship, to live out as a disciple of Jesus Christ is through full surrender. See, in advising this man to sell and give his property, Jesus is not just inviting him to just be generous, but He's inviting him to give his heart fully to the Kingdom of God. He's inviting him to lose his life for his sake so that he may find it again in Christ. Matthew 16 verse 24 says this, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Yeah. Deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. For what good is it? What good, sorry, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? You and I, we are to lose our life in order to gain true life in Christ. There will be things throughout this journey that you need to let go of in order to stay connected to Jesus. Denying yourself, as Jesus instructs us to do, does not mean turning against yourself. But there may be things that when Jesus enters your life, there is now no longer space for. There's now no longer space for it to actually fit in in your life anymore. I wanted to ask the question this morning, what do you need to let go of today to allow Jesus full access into your heart? What is it that you need to let go of this morning that will allow Him 
the space to show up in your world, to show you what true life looks like now, but what true life looks like in eternity with Him as well. Maybe it's this similar to this rich young ruler. Maybe it's a love of money. Maybe it's success and possessions. Maybe, maybe you know, you, you, there's pride and you know you need to get humble again. Maybe it's an anger towards others. Maybe it's, it's a sin that is a, a, something that you're holding on to. Maybe it's a life of sin or, or living in sin, something that you need to actually step out of. Need to, need, maybe you need some help through that or prayer or an opportunity just to hand that over to Him. Maybe there's shame and regret in your life because of that sin. Maybe there's a sense of disappointment and regret because of things that didn't happen that maybe you expected to happen. I wanted to encourage us all this morning. Being a disciple of Jesus requires surrendering all of that, surrendering it all to Him, handing it all over to Him, just allowing Him to take it today, to take it to use it, to do with it what He wants to do, what his, his plan might be for our lives. If we're struggling to surrender something to Him, and the band can come and join me actually. If we're struggling to surrender something to Him, it may be, as, it may be simply because we don't at this stage trust Him or we don't trust His Word. I imagine this young ruler when Jesus says, go and sell everything and his reaction being like, What? Like, I didn't expect this. This wasn't what I had planned. This isn't what I foresaw for my future. I can't, I, can't even, I can't even process or deal with the fact that I might not have all of these possessions and these things. Like, how can I trust this person who is telling me to go and do what seems like a crazy and out there thing? Jesus is again testing him on this whole thing where we, we can experience grace, we can be saved by grace, but how are we saved by grace? The scripture says through faith, through faith, through having a moment where we have to make a decision, we have to make a call. And this young ruler made the wrong call. He decided that he wouldn't actually act in faith or step out in faith. He failed to surrender all to Jesus because he didn't quite trust in the Word and what Jesus was asking him and requesting of him. We have to know that Jesus is trustworthy, that He is so trustworthy that He would never have anything in store or in plan for us that would ever harm us. No plan that He makes for our life is to be against us. In fact, the Scriptures say that if God is for us, the question is, who can be against us? Who could ever, ever come against us? And so I wanted to share that today to say that if you know you need to surrender something to Jesus, now is your opportunity to make the decision, I'm gonna trust Him. I'm gonna have faith in Him. I'm gonna believe in the work and the person of Jesus Christ. The opposite of faith in God is mistrust. Can be doubt, can be all these other things. But I believe mistrust is what causes us to act out of our own ability and not God's ability. We ultimately start living life by our strength and our ways, not in grace, but striving our way through life. Get the picture again. My mum holding onto this boat, trying to pull it in. There's a driver on the boat who has all the control. There's a driver on the boat who in a sense has all the power. There's no point trying to hold on to that boat 
it's just going to end in disaster. A little bit outrageous, a little bit of a crazy, a crazy moment. But maybe you've always thought that your lack of faith is doubt when actually you need to realise that when you lower your level of faith and trust in God, all you're actually doing is increasing your need to have to have control of your life, to actually hold on to that thing. Oh, you feel like you can't let it go. It's too scary to let it go. Oh, I just don't know what's gonna happen. What's, if I let go of this, what's the next step? I, I feel like I need to keep control because everything around me seems so out of control. Can I encourage you? Just, just hand it over to Him. Just, just, just get rid of it. Just, just give it to Jesus. Have faith in Him. Don't try and take control of your life. Instead, give Him the control of your life. There's some people here today and there's, there's a word for you and it's this, it's lose control. It's time to lose control. Time to, time to lose control. It sounds negative, but once you are able to get the reins of your life into the hands of Jesus Christ, if only you would make the decision, yep, that's it, I'm going all in, I'm gonna follow you. I'm gonna go your way, Jesus. There is no other way. There's no, there is no higher way than His way. Then just watch what God might do. Give it to God. Let's give it to God. Would you sell it all? Would you trade your earthly wage, your earthly wealth for a kingdom wealth? A kingdom wealth. This salvation in the Scripture, it is ours. This true life, it is available for us today. It is too difficult for you, but nothing is ever too difficult for God. When we surrender, when we're able to surrender all to Him, to say, Jesus, You have my heart. Oh yes, You have my possessions. You have the things of this world, but greater than all of that, You have my heart. We are able to step into the realm of the impossible as we surrender all to Him, as we give it to Him. What seems impossible in our life, guess what? It becomes possible. Salvation for this man would have become possible if he was able to surrender. And Jesus says that as well as salvation becoming possible, that all things become possible. That all areas of life, when Jesus is involved, there is endless possibility. That there is an endless possibility. And this morning, I just wanna pray that as we today make a fresh commitment to surrender to Him, that what seems impossible for us now, even if it's just salvation, maybe there's a healing. Maybe there's some breakthrough that you've been hoping for, seeking for, or searching, that in the Name of Jesus, it would be made possible. That we would know a God of impossible possibilities. Maybe you're here today and you believe that you are saved, that you have salvation, that in Jesus, it is secure. I know where I'm going, I'm going to heaven. Then why would we ever not believe that there's still other many impossible things that God wants to do in our life, that God can still heal, that there are still miracles, that He still wants to bring change to our life. At what point did you stop trusting Him enough to keep surrendering that thing, that situation, that family member to whoever is praying for their children to come to Christ? And maybe you feel like your heart is just broken because they are not in church or they're not walking with the Lord. Just keep believing, keep praying. It may seem so impossible, but if it's surrendered and if it's continually surrendered to Him, it is made possible. 
For in Christ, where God is, with God, all things are possible. They are all made possible. For us today, the key things for us, the best way to live as a disciple of Jesus Christ, some of the best ways to know that it is not about our good works, it's about Him who is good, the name of Jesus Christ. And to take a moment and surrender and commit our life to Him. So in this moment, with every eye closed, with every head bowed, maybe in fact, why don't we stand to our feet, shall we church? Stand to our feet. There's this uh, old song. The lyrics are very simple. It says, all to Jesus, I surrender. All to Him, I freely give. It says, I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily life. I will love Him and I will trust Him. This is just another opportunity for us to say, yep, Jesus, I trust You. And on being a disciple, I trust in Your call. I trust in where You're taking us. I trust in Your plan. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, just in this moment in Your heart. Maybe it's the situation that You're facing. I want to start by believing that as we surrender today, that we step into the realm of impossibilities. That, oh, He wants to do a work in your life that is so great. There's so much more than you could ever imagine or conjure up yourself. That God has your back. That He wants to remind us today that He knows what we're facing. He knows what we're going through. And so maybe today, if there's something that you're facing that is impossible, that seems a little bit out of reach and you just know you need that with God experience, would you just chuck your hand up? I'd love to pray. I'd love to pray for whatever that might be. Awesome hands over here. Incredible. as we continue just to surrender those things. Father, we just, we hand them over to You. Thank You, Lord, that as we surrender all to You, all that, Father, You respond to us. That, Lord, You don't leave us on our own, but You don't leave us to fight this fight by ourselves. I just declare that right now over someone, that this battle is not Yours. In fact, this battle, it belongs to the Lord. We declare breakthrough. We declare provision in this place. Father, again, we come to You for healing. Lord, healing over lives, healing over any disease, Lord, over any sort of cancer. Lord, we believe that if You can save us and set us free from sin, that You can do anything. That, God, You can do all things. So, Lord, we just speak it out right now in this place. Lord, over heartbreak, Lord, over the sense of, of wanting children to come in, Lord, that You call in the prodigal son, that You call Call in those that are lost. And you just say, you say, welcome home. Welcome back. Welcome home. We speak that out over households and over families. Lord, we just thank you so much that, Lord, you see every single one of us. Father, we know that even the biggest storms, the things that feel so impossible for you, Lord, they are so possible. That, Lord, there is nothing that is too difficult for you. We just receive that right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe as, uh, as we just stay in this moment, still with eyes closed. If you're here today and you've had opportunities like this rich young woman, but you never made that, that kind of step of faith and trust to receive Him, to take on His way for your life, 
Maybe it's, let's put it as simple as this. You never made the decision to trust Him. I just want to pray a prayer right now to invite someone to welcome Jesus into their heart. You may not have to go and sell your possessions and give everything that you have to the poor. But today, He requires a handing over of your heart, a surrendering of everything to Him. All you have to do is just say, Jesus, I believe. The Bible says it, that when we call upon the name of the Lord, that we will be saved. All it takes is just a bit of faith. And then by His grace, we are saved, we are made new, we are washed clean from all of our mistakes and sin and all the things that have happened in life that maybe you came in here feeling like this place was gonna crash down on you. It was a little bit of a risky move, but can I just say, Jesus is so proud of you that He is so thankful that you made the step to be here in this room today. And He's calling you once again to just take another step further and say, Jesus, I believe in you. With every eye closed and every head bowed, I'm gonna count to three. And if that's you, I wanna invite you just to chuck your hand up and then uh, I'm gonna pray a prayer. And it's a prayer to invite Jesus into our heart. If that's you today and you're like, you know what? I'm just coming back. I'm recommitting my life. Maybe it's the first time. Jesus is for you. He's with you right now. Father, we just thank you for that. God, let's just uh, count to three and on three. Why don't you chuck your hand up? Ready? One, two, three. Awesome over here. moment longer in His presence. God's in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Let's pray for this one who's just raised their hand and accepted Jesus into their heart. In fact, should we put our hands together and just celebrate and congratulate them? Let's pray. Our Father, we thank You for this one. God, we thank You so much. Oh, you call the one home. Right now, we just uh, lift her up to you. Just declare, Lord, a life turnaround right now in this place. Oh, you turn our darkness into light. Lord, what is dead, you bring it to life. You take our mourning and you turn it into dancing. God, right now, we just pray that, Father, what has been lost and broken in her life would be renewed right now in your presence. God, we just thank you for that. Lord, we speak it out, Lord, over every single one of us that we would experience life in Christ. Oh, that Lord, we would, we would know what it is to come alive in You, Jesus. Thank You, Father, that You do wash away our sins and our mistakes. You give us a new future and a new hope. We just thank You for that right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together. We just praise God for a moment. Thank You, Lord. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info at or visit our website.